Hello and welcome to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And following on from my last podcast, What is Money? I would like to talk to you about central bank digital currencies and what they mean for our future. Because right now we have physical cash. We still hold pieces of paper and base metals. And we can largely trade autonomously with a certain element of freedom without the interference of governments or institutions. But fairly soon, that's going to be a thing of the past. And I believe that our government is going to call in cash. In other words, we will have to take it back to the commercial banks and hand it all back. Now, of course, we will be remunerated with digits on a screen, but of course, this takes away our freedom and our autonomy, and it is preparing us for the digital world, for the world of central bank digital currencies. But it would appear that we've already been prepared for that through something called cryptocurrencies, which have been around for around about 20 years. And cryptocurrencies have been very successful in security and tradability. They also sit outside the system and they're not controlled by any governments. They are, in some part, fabulous investment opportunities if you know what you are doing. And we were originally told that central bank digital currencies would not be cryptocurrencies. We were originally told that central bank digital currencies would be on a centralised ledger technology which would all be handled by the central bank. But now, what we have found out is that in fact, some of the companies that produce the architecture for cryptocurrencies, companies such as Ripple and Ethereum and BitInc and Algorand and many other companies that have fabulous architectures which are wonderful for cryptocurrencies are all of a sudden talking to governments and central banks about producing the same sort of architecture for the central bank digital currency. What it looks like to me is that the two will merge somewhere up the road. So DLT, Distributed Ledger Technology, sits underneath the blockchain And this has largely underpinned the success of cryptocurrency. Well, it turns out that central banks are turning their sights towards DLT. They no longer look like they're going to have a centralised ledger. They're going to make it a distributed ledger, kind of looking a little more like a blockchain and a little more like a cryptocurrency. Which does beg the question, what is the future for cryptocurrencies if the governments of the world have their own cryptocurrency? And the answer to that can be seen already in Executive Order 14067, which was signed by Joe Biden on March the 9th, 2022. And essentially, they've enacted part of that particular order, which is essentially the regulation, the regulation of cryptocurrencies. What does that mean? It should always be a concern when you see a government starting to regulate a commodity or an asset. But what exactly is a central bank digital currency? Well, in a nutshell, it is virtual money. And it's backed and issued by a central bank. 
Now, here's an interesting question. It's backed by a central bank. That should be of great concern for many because right now we have a fiat currency that is also backed not by a central bank but by government promises. The government promises that it has value. And as long as you have the confidence to use it, you will continue to use it, which is what I spoke about in my last podcast. Well, the new digital currency is backed by a central bank guarantee. Well, do you trust your central bank? Do you know who your central bank is? And what sits behind this currency in terms of assets, physical assets? Is there anything? Is it going to be gold-backed? Is it going to be backed by commodities? Or is it just going to be the friendly say-so of your reserve bank? Well, that doesn't give us a whole lot of confidence now that we've lost all our physical cash. And there will be an amnesty. So what you will find is there will be an announcement by a government or a central bank and they will say, it is time to bring your cash back to the bank and we will give you digits on a screen. The problem with that is now you have no more freedom. You have no more autonomy to trade with your fellow man. Everything you will do from that moment on will be on a screen and will be fully tracked and digitised. So is this something we really want for our future? And that is a question I think is fair to ask. Do we want to be in a digital system? But where are we right now? And the truth is that there are 105 countries right now that are exploring a CBDC. And originally, back in May 2020, there were only 35 countries that were even looking at it. But now we have, as I said, up to 105 countries that are looking at either the development, the pilot, or the launch of this central bank digital currency. They're all at different stages. And here's a fun fact. 10 countries have already fully launched a digital currency. Uh, China is set to expand its exploration into CDBCs in 2023. Jamaica is the latest country to launch one. And uh, Africa also is the largest economy launching its CDBC in October 2021. And of course, Nigeria is uh, virtually fully digital already. So there's about 10 to 11 countries that have gone fully digital. Also, many countries are exploring alternative international payment systems. And of the G7 countries, the US and the UK, interestingly, are the furthest behind of the lot. So, what does this mean for the world? We are almost on the doorstep or the precipice of this new digital age and the, the population, the middle classes, virtually no one knows anything about what's coming. For us, digits on a screen have largely been our debit cards. We all do it. We take money out of an ATM. We pay digits at the uh, grocery store through their FPOS machines. And this is all fairly normal. In fact, it's very unusual to see cash. 85% of the population of Australia use digital payments. Imagine that. And of the 15% that are left, it's generally the much older generation. The younger generations don't seem to understand nor use cash. 
But there's something quite different about this central bank digital currency that should be of great concern. First of all, it comes in two types. There is a wholesale and a retail. The wholesale version is not for you and I. The wholesale version is for central banks and commercial banking institutions. The retail version is for us. Now, already, this should send chills up your spine because what we have are two completely different programmable currencies for two completely different purposes. Now, I mentioned the word programmable. Is this currency going to be fully programmable? And the answer is, yes, it is. It can be programmed many, many different ways. In fact, it can be programmed geopolitically. It can be programmed to stop you buying certain types of products. It can be programmed to stop you shopping at certain types of shops. It can be programmed to have an expiry date. Your bank account can be programmed with a negative interest rate if you haven't paid your taxes. And it goes on and on. So one day you could go to a shop with a digital currency and find out that your currency will not buy the product you wanted, but it will buy a different product. And that will be largely determined by something called a social credit score. Now the software that goes with the social credit system will be connected directly to the currency. So every single person, every single one of us, will be given an aggregate score which will determine how and where and what we can spend our currency on. Does that sound like the sort of system that we all want to be part of? I wouldn't think so. However, this is coming at us at an incredible and alarming rate of knots. And the question is, will the digital currency or the central bank digital currency be, will there just be one type, like an AU or a USD? Well, I believe what's going to happen is each country will have their own digital currency, just like we have currencies now. The US dollar, we'll have the euro, the AUD, the British pound. They will still largely exist in a digital form. However, what will be different is there will be a reserve currency. In other words, an overarching currency that all others are measured against. And right now, that's the world, the world reserve currency is the United States dollar. But as I said in my last podcast, the United States dollar is on the precipice of losing its status as the world reserve currency. And it looks like in the digital world, it has a few new competitors. And the competitor is predominantly a new type of reserve currency called a BRICS, that's B-R-I-C-S, a BRICS dollar. And the BRICS dollar is a fully asset-backed dollar, backed by oil, by gold, by silver, and a full basket of commodities, giving that world reserve currency some sort of value. And the United States dollar is in danger of losing its world reserve status. So who is creating the BRICS dollar? Who has the audacity to stand up against the mighty economy of the United States? Well, it comes as no great surprise that the BRICS dollar 
the BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, the acronym stands for the countries that are directly involved in the creation of this currency. That is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And because it's such a successful kind of currency, there are many other what we call member states, in other words, other countries that would like to partake in the success of this world reserve currency. Countries such as Saudi Arabia, sorry, Algeria, and Algeria is one of the biggest suppliers of gas and in Africa. There are many other countries such as Argentina, Iran. They all want to become part of the BRICS dollar, not the US dollar version. So what we are seeing is essentially three new contenders for the world reserve currency. That's right, I said three, not two. We have the United States dollar, which will be the digital version, the central bank digital version of the US dollar. The BRICS dollar, which is the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, commodity-backed dollar, and of course the International Monetary Fund's special drawing rights. And these three are all contenders for the world reserve currency. So we have a lot to think about in this new world of ours. That's why I continually say it's important that you get precious metals and assets in your possession. It's important that you, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. If you are happy to have digits on a screen held by your central bank, then you have given away your freedom and your autonomy, which is something I do not want for you. So look at getting assets, hard assets, even real estate, if you can get the title. But for me, it's precious metals which sit outside the monetary system. So that's where I would be headed. Anyway, this is a quick segment today about central bank digital currency. I hope you've learned a little bit. And uh, I will be talking to you in my next podcast about precious metals, what to buy, how to buy, and where to buy them. So until next time, I look forward to seeing you very soon. Bye.